Yes, Lord. We back at it. Bridging the Gap Podcast. Episode 21. Uh, you know my, my my homie, shout out to Q. She head coach of Salem University in North Carolina. She was my grad school peer. She told me I sounded like I was about to bust a rhyme last week. <laughs> she said I got I might gotta drop four bars. <laughs> I told her I might have my hustle and flow. <laughs> Whoop that. <laughs> we here though. We here though. As OG says, live and direct from Dubai, DXB, Teller Two Generations. Let's let it rock. Shout out to Envision Worldwide. Boom. Man, we here. Young OG, the OG, man, we making it work too. Yeah, yeah, we definitely in some uh, uh, difficult circumstances. Yo, sure. man, listen, <laughs> let me tell y'all the truth right now. Y'all gonna hear me sniffing maybe a few times. I am, I am in the the first round, first two minutes of a heavyweight fight with allergies. And I'm getting whooped. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm getting whooped. I don't know. One day I was at the beach chilling. Next day I woke up, eyes watering, nose stuffed. I'm like, yo, what's going on? Soft. Hey, man, you call it what you want. Soft. Everybody around the world that know when it goes from, from winter to spring and those <laughs> flowers start blossoming. Oh, man. It's all right, though. I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm going to get through this. Yeah, I, I suffer from allergies too, but I don't, I'm not crying about it. Man, look. You know what I'm saying? I just hate it. I hate it. You know, I don't get, you know, sick too often, knock on wood, but when I do, I can't stand it, man. I can't stand it, man. Uh, what, what's the facial expression for? You all right? No, I'm just saying that you say you don't get sick often. I'm saying, but why do you have like a stink face sometimes? Every, like every other day, I'm, I'm not feeling well, coach. I'm, I'm That's because you get on my nerves. Yeah, we 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 can solve that quick. That's your fault. <laughs> oh yeah, look. No. First of all, I can't get on your nerves because I don't talk to you. <laughs> Yo, look, look. You see that? This is what I'm dealing with. It's only us here, and he don't talk to me. That's the type yeah, of energy you're, you're, I get. You know what I'm saying? We get into the car, we start our day, and things like that. <laughs> and then here you go, Coach. How you feeling? I'm. It's six in the morning. I ain't. I ain't feeling nothing. I'm trying to get through the day, get ready to go. And you sitting here. Do you want to put in some young uh, OG or some uh, little Dirk or some little baby? Shout out to I don't Dirk. Want, I don't, don't want to hear that at six thirty in the morning. First of all, eight six thirty in the morning. I'm not talking to you. Stop lying. Come on, man. If we get up that early, on, you man. know I'm not talking to you Come until on, like ten thirty. Come on, for sure. Because if we up at six thirty, it's your fault. <laughs> it is for sure your fault. I'm not scheduling anything at 6.30, 7.30. You guys, Ethan, we need to meet 10 a.m. I need at least two hours of my own time to you get You hear that, Ethan? That's the difference between somebody being serious in business and somebody not being serious. Yeah, and Ethan, no, see, that's that's the old head talking, right? When you're an entrepreneur, you map things out, you do things different, you know, you don't have no time constraint. You're working every day, all day. But you want to yeah. you want to try to accomplish as much as you can, early as you can, so you have more time to do other things. That's that's the difference between me and you. You have to break that up because it's a little bit harder to manage some of those other things. You know, I use my phone very, very well. 
Very well. You know, that's that 2021 technology. Yeah, you, Business mean, you mean the one with the line down the middle? Man, listen. All right. Listen, you know hey, that one? Apple doing this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Apple doing their thing when they want you to buy something new. Because I think I'm like four years in with this phone. And they always, every update, every everything that comes new, they, they throw a little wrinkle out there to make you feel like, no, go buy a new one. Nope. Mm. Mine is working just fine. That's that's fine. And, the, and the green, the green pops away. Look, I don't even think it's there right now. Look, I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See, I'm look, just saying my, my phone is a little older than yours. I'm just saying, but I've been taking care of it though. Yo, you got the this year's version of the flip phone. <laughs> you still gotta put your finger on the on the uh tab to, to open the phone. I think I think I might have been in high school, we were still doing that. Mm-hmm. But hey, you know, that's a good thing with Apple. You guys have reliable products, you know. We need a new MacBook Pro for our, our uh, business. So if you guys can phone in, <laughs> let us know. You know, OG got the HP right now, but I'm telling you, he wanted to switch. But you just got to give us a deal. <laughs> hey, yeah, you give, give us, us a deal, deal, I'll switch. Yeah, we'll switch. We know where home should be, you know. But um, for our first time listeners, that's just that's just the way Coach and I kick, kick it. Um, that's my OG. I've known him for over a decade. We won't get a, a specific number on that, you know. Um, but <laughs> one, it might be one five now. Maybe one five. It might be one five going on sixteen. But I met him. I was a sophomore in high school. He was my high school coach. We won many games together. We went through some tough battles, some tough life lessons together. Um, I learned a lot from him. Uh, we started this podcast because it's not often that your OG opens up his ear to what you would have to say as you grow and, and, and prosper into your manhood. Um, and we wanted to show that those things can be healthy and is needed. And on top of that, the coolest thing is we in Dubai yep. running a business, building a business from the ground up. Um, basketball, huh? Hmm. Small world, man. Small world. Oh, small world. And on top of that, it's a beautiful, beautiful country. I think we say it every time we get on here, but <laughs> man, we can't, we can't speak enough about how beautiful it is. And we haven't even seen all of it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I went a little, um, uh, on a little adventure last couple of days to, was it, how, am I pronouncing this right? Rasa Cayman? Everybody calls it Rack. You know, and then um, I I saw some real, real beautiful stuff, man. Put me put my mind at ease, you know, for a short period of time after dealing with Coach Ryan. There you go. He don't no appreciation for me, but that's that goes right into what we talked about last episode. Vacation times, time to get away. Coach, know he was getting to that point where I could look at him and say, "All right." You need to go take a break, big dog. <laughs> you get a little tense over there. It's just a banana. <laughs> Relax. But he knew. So he did what he always did and went to take a break. I saw a couple of those pictures in the mountain. There's a couple more places you can go to. That's kind of fire, too. Sure. sure. But, um, you know. So we're here. Uh, Who Mountain Dubai is our brand, our academy. Um, it's our baby that we're building up. You can find us. On Instagram at Hoop Mountain Dubai, at Hoop Mountain DXB, I'm sorry. And then our website is hoopmountain.ae. We're available. Uh, we got some cool things coming, especially for the spring season. Um, 
the Hoop Star Shootout, what we call them, that's going to be, we had, if you go on Instagram and just take a look at it, um, the first of its kind, it was dope. It was dope. It was dope. Sure. I'm, I'm still a little salty about that, though. Yeah. Why are you so salty? Uh, you know, I'm I'm real competitive. I'm I'm you know I'm I'm experienced. I'm old, but I'm still competitive. And yeah. um, I have to say that you know I always give props to you know wherever it's um due, and uh, Coach Ryan's uh squad WSO Jim's Wellington Academy Silicon Oasis was the clear cut favorite to to win everything, and uh and they did, and they did. What's What's interesting about Coach and I is um. Again, he was he is my bookend, right? He's my the left side of my book and my uncle's my right side of my book. And both of them are all the basketball knowledge I know that I haven't learned on my own came from them. So when we're doing training, I don't try to reinvent the wheel. I I copy what he taught me when I was doing it, and then whatever new he brings out. But between the two of us, we're doing all of the business side and then all of the basketball energy. So sometimes during the week we have to split up to where he's at one gym. And I'm at another gym. And on Tuesdays is one of those days where we go to JPS, which is one of our sites that has a, a higher number. It's growing daily, especially for the older kids. Jameer Primary School. Yes. And then um, Jim's Wellington Silicon Oasis is another one. So on Tuesdays, I stay at Silicon Oasis and he goes to JPS. Now, the reason why, I don't know if he'll admit that I stayed at WSO is because it's like a 30-minute ride from where we live. <laughs> so he goes to the spot that's closer. But that's cool. And we only have one car. So we have to split that up. So we do get time with both places. But on Tuesdays, we get our own time. So we use that time to, you know, get our team ready and all those other different things. So it was it was personal. Let's, 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 let's get it out there, out in the open. The real reason that we are separated is because Coach Ryan started at JPS and I was at WSO, but there were so many little kids that Coach Ryan doesn't, he hasn't grown into the role of having the patience for the little kids just yet. No, so that I, is not so, true. So I'm there. <laughs> and Ethan knows because Ethan's with me every Tuesday. He knows Man. it's Coach Ethan. And Coach Angelo, aka Jello, shout out to Jello, knows that it's tough over there. Listen, and listen. so we needed some experience <laughs> and some patience over there to deal with those youngins. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And man, if, if I could put the camera on Ethan right now to see the truth, everybody who knows us knows when it comes to the first hour and with the with the kids, with the smaller ones, that's all me. That's all me every time. Don't do that, but it's okay. It's okay. I get it. I'm the younger one. I got to run around with them. But as you said, my my WSO guys and girls, they they came ready. You know, we were kind of lucky. We didn't have everybody, but, you know. Here we go. You know, we'll see how it goes. We'll have four more of those hoop star shootouts, so we'll see how it turns out. It was definitely fun, though, for sure. Sure. Yeah. So, um, shout out to our hoop stars. Y'all are killing it. Oh. It's, it's interesting, right, Coach? Like, a lot of our kids are picking up the basketball for the first time. Yep. Or they've never watched basketball. Right. Or they've never been actually trained. Right? And everybody talks about what it means to be trained, but you can tell the difference when you get there. They've never actually been taught how to right. play basketball. So to see them now 
I would say like, well, we're on like a, this is still year one for us with Astros because of who COVID. Uh, COVID. And we really might've had just like six months of work with these guys and right. girls and the strides that they're making already kind of crazy. Yeah. You know, to it, it all shows up in when the kids are messaging us on the side or calling us or talking or talking to us on the side and saying, I want to be better. You know, I'm not where I should be right now. And, and that's where, that's where it starts. That's where the progression starts, where people start to realize that you've, you're trying to give us the blueprint to get better. And so it's up to us to absorb everything that you guys are giving us and start to apply it. And, and so when our players start to have self-awareness, that's all we can ask for. Yeah. Because, because now they're going to start to put everything together. Yeah. And then, and, and it's right now, you know, we're getting to a space where our kids are beginning to, to get that self-awareness and, um, and start to apply things and get better, man. I mean, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. And I'm going to take this moment because we're, what, what are we at right now, Coach? Like 120 kids or something like that? Somewhere close to that? We're like at 100, maybe between 120 and 130. We have right. some kids that were out due to COVID. And yeah. Like that. And yep. they're taking breaks. So we started off in September <laughs> with about 15. Yep. Right. When we got here in October of 2019, that's when we officially started. Yep. From October to, I say about January, most of the time when we were at the gym, we were in there looking at each other, right? When we first got there, there was there were maybe just the Arbor School, we had two kids, three kids, four kids, yep. right? We were really just looking at each other, had a few. Then COVID hits probably mid-March, and by that time, we might have 15. Yep. And at this space now, to go from in September having 15, 20, to now at 120, and all of them, we know their names. Yep. Right? And they're all getting better at basketball. Yep. Man, and talk about weathering the storm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even... You got to talk about what your mental space was there, because I was still, what, 27? Yeah. You know, me being older and and not as optimistic as you are, me being more of a realist, I'm sitting there every day thinking that this is not going to sustain itself. You know, at, at some point in time, the principal owner of this company is going to say, we got to pull the plug because I'm just hemorrhaging money and it's not, it's not growing. It's not showing anything fruitful for the future. And so, um, for us to get a chance to uh, start to grow before COVID really hit um, with our own imprint on everything uh, shows that one, that we did do a hell of a job. Two, our principal owner believes in us. Yes. And, and three, that the people that we have come across before COVID hit believe in us as well because they stuck with us. And, you know, and now that most of the players that we have now and families, no matter what happens, they're with us, you know, through thick and thin because they, we, we approach this as not just basketball training, but we're growing with your family from day to day. 
And, um, you know, we're having more of an impact than just basketball. It's it's about life, you know? And so, um, you know, people feel comfortable with us and um, we take great pride in that. And um, I'll say this, that with the current situation, parents aren't allowed in the gym. Man. So you you leave your five year old, six year old, seven year old, and in some cases four year olds. Some cases with the special cases, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And the doors are closed. You know, we take great pride in that that you're trusting us with your most prized possession. And so, um, you know, that's that says a lot about us for sure. More about me because because <laughs> everything from me comes trickles down to you. So you know, man, like I had a lot of years away the way I developed the own, <laughs> but. I and and you know we reiterate this at all times, right? And as we get forward, and we'll really have an episode where we talk about everything from how we got here to what it's looking like now to what our future will look like, because that that deserves a full episode. But we already we said it from the beginning, from the time that we sat down with our guy Steve in Boston to when we first met Matham, yep. our um, our business partner and, and principal owner. And from Kuwait, we're family. Ethan, he really is sick. Look, look. You hear that? Look. look. You hear that? Why you say that, man? I'm just saying, your voice is real, like, nasal. Nasally, dog. I told you, I'm not sick. I just got, my, like, it's full of dust and sand and, and particles. It's hurting. I don't feel like my head is good. I look. need to slide my chair over a little bit. No, right? look, I got it. Look, I got tested already. We already know I'm good. Yeah. I, so. Yeah. 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 I hear you. I hear you. But anyway, we were saying like we're we're family, so the it doesn't always work between family and business. Yep. Right. Or even friends and business. Right. But the difference between us is that we've been through the fire together before. Yep. Right. I know he won't fold on me. He know I won't fold on him because we've been there. Look, look, no credit given, but it's okay. It's okay because <laughs> I've proven, I've proven already. So it's been dope. And we learned that through basketball. So all of our kids who never picked up a ball before or may never play again later going to college, they're really going to be able to leave with something to walk with. Um, so let's give ourselves up. <laughs> He just needed a reason to play with that thing. Nah, man, for sure, for sure. Pause. Um, let's get it. So, first of all, let's wish a speedy recovery to Jamal Murray. Yeah. Torn ACL. Tough. Yeah. Tough. Yeah. Now we get to see what Joker's really about because he got to do a little extra. You know, um, Jamal Murray, if I'm not mistaken, Ethan, what episode was that where we talked about the the top point guards going into this year based on yeah. how they finished last that year? That was early. That was, was early, early on and audio had, only. And you I had, had Jamal like number three, I think. Top. You had him up there high. I had him high. And because um, he took a lot of pressure off Joker in the, in the playoffs. And, you know, they have a whole new team. Yeah. They don't have the team they had the years in the past. Aaron Gordon. Gary Harris is gone. Jerry, Jeremy Grant is gone. Mm. So now it's like I still have Embiid as my MVP, but but just recently I had Joker, yeah. as my leader, yeah. So now we get to see what he's really gonna do, Philip. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Oh, here goes the list. All yeah, right. you had. 
I think yours is the middle list. You put Jamal Murray at number two behind yep. Dame. Yep. And CP3. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's looking a little different. It's yeah. Looking a little different, but we'll see. Yep. We'll see. Speedy recovery to him, though. Yep. Yeah. I, you were saying something interesting earlier about um, injuries now. Yep. Kind of go ahead and drop that in. Um, You know, you hear when you're an older guy like myself, you hear so much about how athletes are bigger, faster, stronger, and better today. But the flip side of that is everybody that's a, that's somewhat a superstar today has been injured at multiple periods during their career. And you didn't, you didn't get that back in the day. And so my thing is like, is it the athletes or is it the training that they're getting currently? You know, previously athletes trained for basketball during basketball season. What does that mean? Um, you know, that means that when, you're, when your team bowed out in the playoffs at the end of the season in, what is it, April, May? If, if you're good, yeah. If you're good. Um, you know, you took a few few weeks off, maybe a month or two, and then you did some other things to stay in shape, whatever, to stay active. And then you you started to prepare a week or two before training camp. Uh-huh. And you used training camp to get into shape for basketball. But now guys starting from high school, college, AAU, whatnot, they train basketball year round. And so you're training the same muscles year in, year out, mm. over and over for a 12-month period. And there has to be a point in time where you exhaust those, you know, you you overexert those 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 muscles and get injured, injury prone. Because why is it that we're seeing Melo, we're seeing Zion, we're seeing um ja. Murray, Ja, we're seeing, we're seeing these guys get injured and they got the best of modern technology. Is it because they're overexerting themselves? So you, you think the trainers or whoever are managing them hasn't caught up to the science to where it's like, you got all this in front of you. Maybe you should know that, okay, after I've spent a, a season of 82 games playing basketball, running, jumping, you know, getting my hip twitch muscles together, yep. defensive slides, all that other stuff, that those next two months, I need to be working on strengthening things. Right. Becoming more flexible. Yeah. Right. Resistant stuff. Right. Just, just different, different types of exercises. And I, you know, and I hate to say LeBron because, you know, everybody talks about LeBron. LeBron's in every conversation. Right. But LeBron has been injury free, basically. Yeah. Until very, until recently. Recently. And, and he's that's still aging nutrition, right? And he's still recovering better than anybody. Right. Yeah. Right. And you, he, he hasn't put out his secret all the way yet. But right. <laughs> you know what that is. That's extra work in the weight room. Yep. Right. And flexibility, those yoga classes, all those yep. good things. But. Yep. It's just it's just interesting to me, you know, you think about you think about MJ, you think about Kobe and those guys. Those guys did different types of training in the offseason. You know, they were all you know, Kobe was a gym fanatic. You know, MJ got in the weight room when the Pistons beat him up. Tim Grover. You know, I mean, but just what are the, what are these guys doing in terms of like just changing up the routine? 
you know. Um, Carl Malone is what, you know, what, third all-time for scoring? I don't know. Who is that? Oh, oh shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we know why this is. But, yeah, but he's like all-time. third all-time scoring, whatever. You know, in, in the offseason, he just went to his farm and- Chopped wood. Yeah, and chopped wood <laughs> and, and just worked around the farm and just did nothing. He didn't even pick up a basketball. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. You know? He got a bad mustache. That, yeah, yeah, he got a he got a bad mustache. Yeah, yeah, he got a, Utah was right for him. Yeah, yeah, it's it's perfect, perfect. So. But uh, we'll say that'll be interesting to watch because I think that's something to point out too. Because I, as a Kobe fan, I always loved the fact that my guy was durable. Yep. He if he didn't play, he was really messed up. Yep. He was sure. really messed up. Same thing I know about MJ. He said Magic. Bird, all of those guys, and to an extent for the for the uh, our generation, Harden was like that. If Harden missed a game, because Stephen A. Smith say it all the time, if Harden misses a game, he really can't hoop. Right, he really hurt. Right, and he usually plays every game no matter what. Right, but we talk about training, and this is a space where I'm still learning a lot from you, and how to train. Right, right, because we're talking about kids that never played basketball before. Right, and you got to teach them everything. Literally, the lines of the court to what a pivot is, and that right. you can use it for different things. All of that stuff. To where there are also kids to where we get that already have some type of medium, and we push. But think about, tell us about how the the perspective has to be different when you're going into training kids. Like you kind of got to see it like a business to where where could this be in five years? Right. Well. You, you, First thing is you got to see where that kid is. So you got to evaluate that kid. Does that kid have a foundation of basketball or are they starting from scratch? Um, if they're starting from scratch, for sure, you want to make sure that you give them everything they need to, to just get on the court and be relevant on a team. You know what I mean? In terms of like, I, I give everybody an example. We always say that you want to be able to make free throws, make layups, be in shape be able to follow directions and you're, you're solid, you know, you're solid. And so in terms of getting a bucket, it doesn't have to be a traditional layup. It can be a jump stop to a power layup at when you're in a game situation, game speed, game situation, nobody cares about how you made the layup. Did the ball go through the hole? And so that's where we want to give the kids the found starting foundation, do whatever it takes to get the job done first. Once we get you to that point, then we'll start to give you the other avenues in terms of like having alternatives in terms of diversifying your game. Yeah. You know, so, you know, it, it, everything looks good right now on Instagram and, you know, YouTube and everything with the, the, the lights, the extra cones and the, Oh, you know, man, all the other the stuff, lights. but but man, but you know, can they get a bucket? Yeah, the, in a game situation. Another space, and I'm gonna let you hit this is we got that kid like me. I was the tallest person on the team when I was 11. Right. So automatically, go to the post. You can put you in the post, but that's where for your team, yeah, you might be in the post, but outside of your team practice. You should have been doing other things because everybody's got to say, like, the game is progressing, the game is changing, and we want you to be prepared for anything. 
And so that's where your guard skills come into play, your outside shooting and things like that. Your decision making comes into play. But you got to have a coach that is willing to go the extra mile with you, you know. And so if you don't have that, then, you know, and you have a coach that's just concerned about just winning. Then they just put you in the post and leave you there to rock. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of those spaces where you said, give them what they need to play, right? But then out of season or whatever else, you give them what they need to expand. Right, right. So when I think about high school, going to a public school, you're not recruiting a six four, six nine, six right. ten. Right. So I might gotta play center, but that's on defense. Right. On offense, you still get guard action. For sure. Right. You still get here and there, and then you're still being taught post moves because yep. you if if you're you're gonna be a mismatch nightmare at some point for somebody. Right. So you got to be able to play with your back to the basket or right. face up there. Right. Or if when they switch, I can put you in a pick and roll. So those things are important, but that's one that I got from you for sure. Train them to where they are and to where you know they could be. Right. Yeah. You, you, you should hear this all the time if you're a young player and you're playing out of position based on you being a little taller, a little bit stronger or whatever on defense. You should hear this all the time from your coach. It's okay. He's got a mismatch on the defensive end. You have a mismatch on the other end. Let's get him. Yeah. You know, so that's that's what you should be hearing, you know? And yeah. so don't let him off the hook, you know? He he just took you and he bodied you down in the post on the other end. Okay. Now let's get him and I'll quick him on the perimeter on the opposite end. How, how do you get to this space though, like, where I'm kind of struggling at, not evident though, but in my mind, putting together the drills to teach those things, right? Granted, you know how to teach the post. Yep. You didn't play the post, right? Not like Duncan and all those other guys, but you can teach them and create somebody there. But well, what does that come from? How do you get into that space where you're like, all right, I know how to teach a, a big guard. Right. Because I was that. Right. I know how to give you the little tricks of the trade. I know where your spot should be. Well, what do I get the six nine, six ten kid? What do I get the six one, six two point guard? Listen, th- listen, in 2021, there's no excuse for you not to know how to pick up certain things to teach players from certain positions because everything is accessible on the internet. The flip side of that, the lights. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, right. like, you're right, right? There is, there is so much more information. But the problem with that is, is there are guys who, my my boy uh, back home, I won't put him on the spot, but he had a successful year. He played a career in the WCAC. Right. Had a very successful career in college. One of the top 10 scorers at his school, top 10 rebounders. He trains and he does things. He doesn't do it for a living. Right. Like to, to provide, but he does it because he wants to. And But with that being said, he ain't he ain't forcing nobody to get in the gym. And nobody forcing him to get it. Right. There's somebody he went to school with. Well, the guy was in the school in the same conference. Didn't even play varsity. Right but he has a big following on Instagram. 
about him training. And everybody's looking like, what, what's going on here? Now, I will say, you don't have to be the best player to be a great coach or trainer. Right. Well, a great coach, more so. I got a different feeling about training. But when it comes to that, how do you make sure somebody doesn't go get the wrong information? Like, how do you, like, what are you telling them to be like, look, red flag? Well, that that comes with time. Yeah. You know, how, how much time are you spending with the the person that you're training? How much are you dedicating to their progression? Are you asking them questions about who they're watching? Are you giving them suggestions on who they're who they should be watching? You know, so those are things that a trainer or a coach needs to um, take into consideration in terms of like what I can do to make my players better. And and we we don't do that sometimes. Sometimes we just say, um, "This is what it is. Learn this. Boom. Get ready for day two. You know. But instead, everybody's different. You know, like you were different. You were taller than everybody, but your game was more finesse. Your game was more skilled. So I'm not going to show you, or I'm going to I'm not going to tell you to go look at Anthony Mason, for example. Yeah. Or or or. LJ, LJ, you know, you know, Larry Johnson, Grandmama, or anything like that. I'm going to talk to you about looking at Scottie Pippen, somebody who can defend the post, but isn't a post player. You know, I'm going to talk to you about you know um, guys like Kendall Gill, you know, six four, six five, six six, athletic, skilled, can play multiple positions, but strong enough to play in the post. And you know, and, that, and that's what. No, you got to do a little extra work. I'm sorry. That's just how it goes, you know. But, you know, today, you know, we one size fits all, you know. We we get guys in the in the in the workout for an hour and we're going to all do guard skills or we're all going to do postman skills whatever. But everybody's a little different. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to do that stuff, but talk about the difference between the two when you're when you're training your kids and um we just don't have that today. Yeah. You know, now we see it's just one size fits all. You know, everybody's shooting threes like Steph Curry. Everybody ain't Steph Curry. And what do you always tell our youngest about Steph? Hey, he didn't start shooting threes until he, beyond his freshman year in high school when his dad started to allow him to shoot threes. And his dad was one of the most prolific three-point shooters in NBA history. Hands, Hands down. down. Not, not a question. Of, from VA. Yep. From two VA. up, two down. Yep. You know, represent that. But that's something that is always interesting to watch. Yep. Right? Like, you know, I always said my heart was never in coaching. Cause I didn't wanna I didn't want to be around like my my guy. Soft. Yeah, you I saw your headaches. <laughs> I was like, man, it's not worth that, right? Yeah. So but a lot of my guys feel that way because of parents, and this is more of an American thing, parents and all the other politics you gotta deal with. Sometimes no, but, it's just an American thing. Trust me. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's it's more what we experienced there, right? Right sure. here, but I always was like, when it comes down to it, I have a responsibility, right? So, like, I, if I'm going to charge you for one, I got to deliver the service that I'm saying I'm going to deliver. So, like you said, a lot of time studying, yeah. right? The one thing I do know is that I watch a lot of basketball, right? And when I watch it, I watch it with a different eye, as we talked about in the past podcast. So when I'm watching Joel and B 
face up or his back to the basket moves or how he's catching it, seeing the double team coming, throwing it back out, following the ball to the other side and reposting. That's the way that I would expect a trainer to be like, all right, this is what I need to teach right. a kid coming from that space. But I feel like they don't know where to go to look for those things yeah. or know how to. It, man, this is not me coming down on anybody else because I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm not the best, but I, I will say I take pride in teaching kids um, in terms of having a visualization of what's supposed to happen, an imagination. If you can't imagine nine other players being on the court with you, game situation, clock, score, possession, things like that, then you're going to have a hard time of getting better individually because you got to have that stuff because, you know, and I'm not just saying it because that's the way I learned the game, but that's the way the greats learn. You know, I talk about Kobe Bryant. You know, there wasn't, there was a reason why Kobe Bryant would be in the, the arena before or after games by himself without a basketball. He's imagining he's got a basketball in his hand. He's imagining that there's help side coming from the baseline. He's imagining there's help side coming from the elbow. And he's imagining where the opposite guy is open, things like that, where the next pass is. He's, he's preparing himself to think three plays ahead of the current play. And therefore, he's one of the greats. You know, and if you don't have an imagination... How are you going to have a vision beyond where you currently are as a basketball player? And so that's what, you know, that's what, you know, trainers and coaches and, and, and players have to all have, you know, in common. You know, you all have to have an imagination. A coach shouldn't have to put five cones on the floor for you to real, for you to visualize the five defensive players there. Man. Because those five cones have to move at some point. And it don't feel the same. It doesn't feel the same. I know, I've been watching how we've been progressing with our kids. Yep. And the only way that we can really get them to understand, somebody's not going to let you score. He's really sick. Either. Listen, I'm, I'm already thinking about what medicine I could get when I leave oh out of here. God. It's going to be all right, though. <laughs> Y'all bear with me. But you got to think, when the pressure's on you, another person's body is right in front of you. Yep. And you what you're doing in front of that cone ain't going to be the same. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because some right. a lot of people fold when that happens. Like yeah. a lot of people get passive, they back up. Yeah, things change. That that pipe busts. So we always tell them, like, you remember we played three on three, and when you caught the ball, you immediately just threw it over your head because you didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. That's why we're doing this right now. So you know how to do your cross jab. Yeah. You know how to protect the ball and all those other things. But hey, codes. Lights, dance, dance, revolution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get those things popping. But yeah. um, players that we don't talk about mm -hmm. and fit the mold for a lot of the, the work ethic we talk about, the skill we talk about, we got to bring that back to the forefront, right? Okay. And, and this is a spot to where I'm letting you lead. I'm going to throw the lob because you were in that era with these guys we're going to talk about, okay. right? They were your peers the same way Kyrie is a peer for mine and okay. Brandon Knight, a bunch of other guys. 
So we're going to talk about one. I got a shout out to NBA Street Series ankle breaker, breakers. Okay. That's that back in the day they, they had the DVD with <laughs> Stephon Marbury, Chris Brown hosted a couple of them, but all the NBA highlights, the best dunkers, the best people with the crossovers, they were always up. And I spent all day trying to figure out what the name of it was. Right, right, right. NBA ankle breakers, the NBA Street Series. I might post that on uh, Instagram later today too so they can watch it. But I saw a lot of these guys' highlights Right there. And they used to get busy. Right. So, oh, Andre Miller. Man. Andre Miller is one of those dudes who's uh, from L.A., but found a way to play in Utah. You know, so that must have been a situation where it was his one of his only top Division One offers, or he's just a different cat. <laughs> I don't know what it is because I don't know him personally, but I can speak on his game. His game was an old school game that was probably 10 years past his time, but he could always get to his spot based on his creativity, his skill, and his his size. And no matter where he played, because he played on a lot of different teams, but wherever he played, he was effective. We're talking about, you know, you couldn't speed him up. You couldn't muscle him. You couldn't, you couldn't pressure him. You couldn't rattle him. And he'd always get to a spot, do what he needs to get done. Whether it's delivering the right pass on time, on target, getting a bucket. He was a team leader. I mean, it's just, you know, he's one of those dudes that floated through the NBA and you didn't hear a bad thing about him. And he always got it done. And everybody, the top point guards always respected him. I think I remember he put up 52 before, too. Oh, yeah. He had 50 piece before. Sure. For sure. But he'll get you 15 dives. For sure. Right. At his old pace. For sure. With a different hairstyle every team. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna say that. You know, I shouldn't be talking because you know I'm on I'm four, I'm almost 48. And I'm sh- Hey, but sure. you got it though. And some yeah. people they got it. We say, look, we talk about it all the time. Some people <laughs> can't even let it grow. <laughs> but Andre Miller, man, I don't know what was going on, but every game he had like a different hairstyle. That's curl. <laughs> but I wouldn't be the one to be talking trash. Soul against glow. Him, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was a dog. Yeah. I think sure. he averaged six dimes, almost seven for his career. Yep. That's yeah. high level. And he's a big guard, as you talked about. Yep. Pace. Yep. Keep, keep you on the hip. Yep. Let me get you right to where I want you. Smart, man. High IQ, man. High IQ. Cerebral, as they call him. Yep. Big guard. I love it. I think he holds uh, the record for assists per game in Cleveland at 10. <clears throat> That's a good way to start it. Yep. But this next guy. Starberry. Stephon Marbury. Stephon Marbury. The man with the statue in China. Yeah. Tattoo on his head. Tattoo on his head, man. His own shoe and dick sport goods. Yeah. Let me just say, man, Coney Island legend, man. He he's a guy that just his reputation, man, just preceded him. Just that he was box office. He was box office, and and even with that, he was still fundamentally sound. 
That's why I give him so much credit. You oh, know? So you got to give me a breakdown of that. Cause I thought he was flashy. Yeah, and he was flashy, man. Those guys, he was, you know what I'm saying? He's behind the Kenny Anderson era. Yeah. But those guys, they were only flashy when they needed to be. When, you know, one guy was pressing up on them 94 feet or they were, they were double teamed early or something like that. Those guys weren't coming out to simply embarrass you straight out the gate. Those guys did those moves out of necessity. And that's what made them so special. You know, Stefan Marbury was a guy that would come down right side of the court, right hand dribble, and, you know, in and out move to, to occupy his defender and make a quick left hand no look pass to uh, a big guy trail in the middle. But he got just as much as of enjoyment of that as he did say, you know, in a one-on-one situation with the clock winding down, he got to give you like a, a double crossover to get a shot off. You know, he was, you know, just, you know, they play ball. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the Coney Island stuff, the playground stuff, that stuff that they had to do in the playground. But, you know, once you're on a professional team, you know, you got five, you got four other guys on your team that can occupy four other defenders. And so, you know, those guys, you know, played the right way. You know, he just, you know, I was, I will say this, he was a little misunderstood in Minnesota. Yeah. But think about it. He was in Minneapolis, Minnesota. From New York. It's probably a little bit too progressive for them. You know, just think it had Stephon Marbury been in New Jersey, L.A., to start. Atlanta, Chicago to start. I mean, things would have been a little different, you know? Yeah. It was dope watching him, though, because, like, I watched, I think it was the 2000-2001 All-Star game, maybe a little bit earlier or sooner, but the time when him and A.I. took over the last three or four minutes of the fourth quarter, Right. And Kobe dropped a dime to uh to Tim Duncan. He missed the game winner. It might have been Chris Weber. But he was going off. I mean, Marbury with the Nets. No. He was he was top five guard. And I don't think people really give him enough credit for how great he really was in right. the league. Even with the Suns. He was a monster. He could control the pace of the game like no other and still give you twenty five to thirty. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, he was misunderstood. No wherever he went. He was a game changer. But what was the narrative? He's antisocial. Um, he's not that much of a leader, vocal leader. He was, you know, he led by example. You know, you couldn't question how he played on the court. It was just matter, you know, is he the Chris Paul type of point guard? No, but he's different. Yeah. And everybody's everybody's different, you know, and you gotta take them as they are. If you're a great player, you know. You are what you are. Tim Duncan wasn't a vocal leader. Nope. Lead by example. Yeah. You know, I mean, just. Out of an example. Yeah. <laughs> but talk about resurrecting your career. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. Can't many say they did it the way Stephon Marbury did it. Sure. He went over in, to China, took over a country. You know, as, as a player, now as a coach. In the, in the middle of a time where mentally, he was struggling. Right, right. Everything in the world was pulling him different ways. You got videos of him struggling and everything else, but here we are now. A museum, I believe, too. Yeah. Like, Stefan Marbury, Starberry, you did your thing, big dog. Yeah. He's he's definitely got the last laugh, you know, and, you know, that's that's where we as 
a culture need to be a little more um, accepting of who our stars are. You know, um, he he wasn't so much about the money. He wasn't so much about the fame. He wanted to just play ball. Turn you know, center. You know, and, and his he, shoe was what, $15? $15, man. $15, man. He really wanted it to be just for us. <laughs> he was trying he was trying to do something good for the and community. And we laughed him off. And we laughed him off, man. Yeah. You know, jokes on us. Really though. Jokes on us. Really. Because we could have got it together. We could have helped him put it together. He was building his own shoe, but China, they love him. Yep. So we we missed out on that. But here it is. Showtime. We say the best for last. And I think. We got to give, you got to give this breakdown from high school on to the league because the aura he carried outside <laughs> of what we saw in the league was different. Right. And we don't understand it as, you know, a younger generation. We appreciate him because he's a GOAT for his position. But Jason Kidd, man, Oaktown. Let me let me bow down to <laughs> Mr. Jason Kidd. We're talking about a guy, man, high school legend, 6'4, six, 6'5, six, running the point, but as fast as a division one wide receiver. <laughs> Think about that. In the end, end to end, baseline to baseline, the fastest player in America. Running the point at six four six five, that's like a freight train coming at you, full speed, under control, under control. You don't know if he's gonna score. You don't know if he's gonna dime it left, right. You don't know if he's gonna throw it up. You don't know if he's gonna drop it off of his shoulder. You don't know what he's gonna do. And he was a nice guy, so he was <laughs> killing you with kindness. From Oakland, he, from Oakland, you know what I'm saying? Like you know, it's like he grew up on too short. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just, you know what I'm saying? He's 40. He's 40, you know what I'm saying? And like, this guy, man, with the cow, not a blue, not a blue blood university. Yeah. You know, he went to took somewhere. Took a risk on he, Todd Bozeman. He took a risk on Todd Bozeman. Shout out to him. You know, he did a great things at Morgan State afterwards. And he changed the culture of basketball there. And he made it, he made the Pac-10 at that time. It was Pac-10. Made it exciting, up tempo, you know, and you know, it just something. It was box office, man, and you know, he did the same thing once he arrived in the NBA. High IQ basketball player. He got guys the ball in their sweet spots, so to speak, so they could be more successful. You know, um, the knock on him was he was fast, he was athletic, but he couldn't shoot. He changed that, and now he like top ten. Yep. All the time, three for point sure. Eight, three point shots, yep. and 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 that's a that's a shout out to all you young basketball players who you can do one thing, but you want to be able to progress to do something else. You got to work on it, and that's what he did. He took all the negative influence, all the negative uh, aspects of his game, the knocks on his game, and he worked on it, and he became one of the best three point shooters in NBA history. And because he was so great at what he did, right, he didn't look at it to where it was like, all right, everybody knows I'm a, I'm a exceptional playmaker. I can finish at the rim. Yep. Right? I'm great at those things. 
But those things gave me the luxury to work on my jumper. Right. Because I got them on, on, the, on the hills. Yep. They on the hills. They're looking like, ah, all right, I don't know if he's going to pass. He's going to do this. So now when they're closing out on me, I can take my time and I get that shot off. Yep. Right. I gave myself the luxury to figure that out and go at my own pace. Yeah. Well, more importantly, when people think about that, like in the NBA, especially if you can't shoot threes, people just defenses just ignore you. So now when it swings around to you, they're like, ah, it's a soft close out. Maybe we don't even close out. We just, we, you know what I'm saying? If he shoots it, we, we'll live. Yep. And so, so that means he took a lot of private time on his own to shoot that lonely shot to knock that down. Because like I said before, whether you're in the corner, you're on the wing or top of the key, you got to be able to knock that down. And sometimes that wide open one is the hardest one to make. For sure. If, if you're not really in the gym and I make a tough move and drop you a dime. Yep. And you got all day. Yep. And when you were a pro, that's like, that's supposed to be like a layup. Right. Or yep. why you supposed to just, ah, that's rhythm. Right. So that's a lot of work. Yep. That's a whole lot of work. Yep. Lonzo, that was the, the comparison at first. Yep. Same height, same capabilities. You just got to be more aggressive. Yep. Right? And J.K. was aggressive, though. Listen, man. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Make or miss, J.K. was ramming that thing down your throat. So you, so your bigs got to sprint back to the paint, turn around, protect the rim. Your guards got to sprint to half court, turn around, because you're not picking them up at foul line. It's, they, it's it's too slow. It's too late. You got to sprint the half court, turn around, and then meet J. Kidd at half court. That's just how he was. He was a freight train running downhill, man. Six five. Yep. Six six. Yep. But I I might put together a, a video montage of those guys for them to see on our Instagram because it's important. Yes. You gotta you gotta see what that is because those are three different people. Yep. Who played the same position. Yep. And played it completely different. Right. Three different styles. <laughs> Not even close to the same thing. Yep. But they got it done. Yep. Right? 10 plus years professional. Yep. All-star games, playoff games, championship runs, all those great things. Like, take your time, study those greats, and get it in. Yep. Um, for today, because y'all know I sound ugly over here. It is it is nasty. I can't even, <laughs> I can't even hide it, but we're going to always keep pushing. For today, we got a new segment that we push it together. Um, I usually talk too much, but he got all the gym, right? Shut up, man. Get out of here. You know what you are? <laughs> You're so disrespectful yeah. for yeah. you to say something like that. You know what I'm saying? I got, that's, I got you now. I got you. Right. you. Keep acting like that. I got you. All right? But as uh, AU high school, whatever, you spend a lot of time with your coaches. And they have stories on stories on stories. So right now, we're going to start what we call story time with Key. Okay. Right. So I don't know what story he's going to tell. So I do not agree <laughs> or do not associate any of his thoughts, feelings, or anything with me. And maybe not this podcast, depending on what he says. <laughs> Those are his old personal ideas, his thoughts. He's on his own, unless it sounds great. 
and I'm all for it. You know what I'm saying? It's all love. Fair weather, friend. Man, listen, I don't know. He he an old head. They got a different idea of life. They'll do things on their own without (laughs) telling anybody. So we got story time here with the OG. We would dim the lights and give it to him, but you know, this ain't uh interrogation room. Right. It's all love to you, dog. Well, let me say this first. Oh, no, no, no. no, no. I want to say this first because anything that I say to you guys in terms of storytelling is it's going to be, you know, something that everybody can listen to. Because I do have a lot of stories that probably are R-rated. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to that later, you know, once we get a sponsorship, whatever. Yeah. Um, But this particular situation was, um, it's basketball related. And it's very... How can I say it? It sticks out in the moment time for me because I was a young basketball player out of college and I'm spending in this I'm spending the summer with one of my college teammates named um, you know, we call him Smooth. Um, his name's Alan Watson. He's one of the best guards coming out of Newark, uh, right behind Brevin Knight. They're they're actually good friends, whatever. And um, we're playing in Branchbrook Park. And one of um for first of all, if you guys know Branchbrook Park in New in Newark, you know that it's like it's completely fenced in and it it gets pretty hectic there. You know what I'm saying? If you play in Branchbrook Park and you make it to, you know, the finals of the summer league, you're a baller. You do anything in Jersey and do it. Right. You're a baller. And so um my boy Smooth who was my point guard in, at Coppin State my junior year, his, his, his uncle was Kenny Spider Webb from uh, Fairleigh Dickinson. Um, you know, he got drafted by the Nets. Um, Ethan pulled that up. And, you know, things didn't work out, but he did have like a, like a 12 to 13 year career overseas. And, you know, he would come back in the summer and work camp. And well, basically direct camp and we would work for him. And so after camp each day, we would all play, you know, all the guys aspiring to play overseas and whatnot. And then, you know, uh, later on that night, we'd all start tell stories and things like that, you know, just hoop stuff. And so we're playing in the summer league and in Branchbrook Park and Kenny Spiderweb is probably about 47, 48, about my age right now. He's six seven, long arms, skinny legs, you know, a little belly, <laughs> but high IQ, high skill set, and super tough. And we're playing in Branchbrook Park. He's not only our coach, but he's a player coach. Uh, and so we're playing Bill Russell vibe. Bill Russell vibe, <laughs> man. And so we're playing for um, the Rod All Stars. Shout out to Rod Dawson. And uh, that's his homeboy from um, from school. And we're playing and, you know, I'm getting crazy dunks because I'm young at that time. My boy Smooth is, you know, throwing lobs and stuff like that. You know, we're looking good, whatever. But the opposing team is is tough, too. We're in Jersey. You know what I'm saying? We got kids from New York. We got kids from Jersey, um, North Jersey, South Jersey, Philly. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's in there playing. And so a guy on the opposing team says, yo, who's that old guy, that old crusty guy y'all got right there? And so Kenny 
it's like, you know, this kid doesn't know me. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm I'm 20 years, you know, I'm your senior. You know what I mean? Bridge that so, gap for. So he's like, let me check into the game. <laughs> and so they're playing. He's like, oh, I got. I got old head right here. I'm a guy, I got old head. I'm a, I'm gonna take him one on one, whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? What's the score around this time? Oh, uh, you know, it's you know, it's nip and tuck, you know, we're talking about like 44, 46, something like that, whatever. And so Webb is like, we call him Webb. He's like, I don't need any help. I'm good. <laughs> I I watched his moves the first the first two quarters. I know what he does and what he can't do. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna sit on his left. Force him, you know what I mean? I'm gonna force him right because he's a lefty. How old is Webb at this time? He's like 47, 48. He's my age right now. Yeah. And so, so dude tried to make a move. He isolated him, whatever. Couldn't get nothing off. <laughs> Webb is 6'7. Dude's like 6'3, six, 6'4, six, not realizing that there's a height difference there, whatever, right? And experience difference. So we get a stop, we're going the other way. And so Webb is walking the ball to the court. Dude's like, I'm going to strap you up 94 feet. I was like, all right, Magic Johnson time. Put you on my hip. So he's, he's waving us off. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm like, dang. Webb's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Webb's like, oh, like, man, this cat, this cat can play. You know what I'm saying? And so Webb is backing him down, whatever. I, I'm good. I'm good. Jules, JK, I got him. I got him. I got him. I was like, okay, okay, okay. I'm out. I'm, we spread the floor. Webb turns around to the crowd and says, I'm going to give this young buck my age. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, I'm looking at Smooth. And Smooth is his nephew. I'm like, what you mean give you my age? What, what is that? That don't even sound hard. You know what I'm saying? And so Webb came, comes down. One, two, bop, 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 bang, three. <laughs> we come down, we strap up, we get a stop. Webb brings it up again, bang, 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 bang three. Bang, 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 three. The next time down, the next time he's head fake, you know what I'm saying, get to the rack. Ah, I got him. <laughs> Yo, in two quarters, Webb ends up with 48. And Webb says, I'm pissed at myself. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, Yo, I'm only 47. I went over. I told this young boy I was going to give him my age. And I was like, yo, that's just how dumb I was at as a young buck. Back. I was like, yo, you said you was going to give him my age. I like that. That's, that's crazy to me. You know what I'm saying? That's legendary to me. You know what I'm saying? He ain't curse or anything. I'm going to give you my age. That's the case. And so everybody, everybody around, you know, because there was fenced in, whatever, because Branchbrook, Branchbrook Park, everybody's standing on stuff to look at the, 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 the games and whatever. It was like, yo, spider web, spider web, spider web, spider web. And I'm like, yo, I just had like four alley-oop dunks. Forgot you. They don't even care because he got 48. Two quarters. You know what I'm saying? In two quarters. And shout out to Kenny Webb because, yo, I'm going to be real with you. I wouldn't be where I am right now without him. Me, Alan Watson. Alan Watson is doing a lot with his business, whatever. You know, all the guys that played for Kenny Webb, he showed us a way that other guys wouldn't. He spent a lot of time with us that other guys wouldn't spend with us. And that's why I'm not saying it's just because me and you are together, but... 
how I am with you, that's how he was with me. Yeah. And he didn't know me other than through his his nephew. Yeah. And he he just wanted to teach. You know what I'm saying? That's why he's one of the best coaches in Denmark history. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yo, let's give him a round of applause. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Kenny Spider Webb. <laughs> Listen, you barely Dickinson. You know, I'm adding that to the bag for sure. <laughs> I'm gonna give this young book my. I'm age. gonna give you my age <laughs> in two quarters, Yates. Yo, yo, and check it in. I, look, I called you Tom Shepard last time. Man, oh listen, no, listen. <laughs> Yates. Oh, that's a real above the rim energy. Yes, sir. Like he's calling it out. Don't worry about it. I don't need help. I don't need pick and roll. I'm good. Magic Johnson, him. What's, what's dope is, and this is some real hooper right here, some energy. Would you know to just keep giving him the ball, right? You let him, he strap him up on that side, and then he got the first two buckets, and you knew he was real, and everybody was like, nah, give it back. Well, first, <laughs> let him keep going. First of all, if you didn't give Kenny Webb the ball, <laughs> he'll curse you out. You know what I'm saying? He gonna be like, yo, your check at camp is canceled. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? So we had to give it to him. <laughs> but, you know, but he was a guy that like, you know, as much as he threw his muscle around, he also threw his love around. Right. You know what I'm saying? And like, he was a guy that we could always lean on in terms of like, um, you know, getting knowledge and experience and things like that. You know, I mean, he he did a lot for us, man. And it wasn't just me. It wasn't just his nephew. It was like anybody who was trying to aspire to be a hooper. You know what I'm saying? And he was a good guy, man. I I can't say that I would come around guys like that too often. You right. know what I'm saying? You know, so, you know, shout out to Kenny Webb, man. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Because that's how you prepare for the next generation. Yep. He dropped it to you. Yep. You dropped it to me. Yep. I'm going to drop it to two or three people. Yep. They're going to do the same. And that's how it keeps going. That's yep. the only way it's going to keep going. Yep. Shout out to Kenny. Another one. Let me give you my age. That's crazy. That's gangster. Yeah. That's gangster. So we're going to cut this one short today because yep. I'm, I'm ugly over here. But OG picked up the slack and, and took us to the to the girl. Soft. Hey, man, call it what you want. We're going right to the <laughs> life pharmacy, though. <laughs> we're going right there. And I'm getting all that pseudo fed, whatever it is. It's going to be better here. But post-game wrap-up. Uh-huh. Uh, you're already hot, man. Yeah. I feed the hot head. Oh man, there you go. With this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say my post game wrap up today is do you, um, you know, we talk about like what we can do for others and, 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 and what kind of legacy we can leave behind, but you have to take care of yourself first in order to take care of others. Self care. Self care is so important because if you're not taking care of yourself, how can you think that you can help someone else? through their troubles if you're still having troubles yourself. So self-care is most important, more important than anything else. Take care of yourself, get yourself straight, so that way you're in, a, in the right mindset in terms of helping your friends, your family, and things, whatever. Go forward. Hey, another one. Cash that one in. For me, and I'm still in this one, because this one that I saw somebody else mm-hmm. post, um, and it, I just resonated with it so much, right? So it's every ending is an opportunity for a new beginning, right? So for me, I tried to do a few businesses before. They all failed, right? Basketball, it ended 
have to do something else. And all of those things open up brand new opportunities, right? And I'm here. What Whatever happens with this, we go somewhere else. It's a brand new space. So if something ends, it's not the end all to be all. There's something new coming. Just be ready. And when it comes, do you. Okay. Yeah. So as you guys know, Bridge the Gap, episode 21. <laughs> Y'all see the moves? <laughs> oh, y'all know it's about to be no. Hey, man. That's, y'all that's, know it. Like, oh, hey, I got some stuff for y'all. Like. Yeah, y'all started to see the real one. It only took us 21 episodes for him to get it right. Uh, Bridging the Gap. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok. Um, so, like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Show us some love. We got way more than where this came from. We only 21 in. We got a whole lot we haven't shared yet. Yep. Uh, hoop Bound to Dubai Hoop Bound AE Hoop Bound DXB online Check us out Shout out to our guys Ethan Our fact check red Our graphic designer guy Collective Our video team um, Lighthouse Studio Giving us a space outside of Coach's apartment To get right Thank God uh, God bless So you guys enjoy we out.